Hi family, welcome to the PIWC Accra podcast, where we are inspired, challenged and equipped to possess our spheres of influence with principles and values from the word of God, preached and taught powerfully by anointed and seasoned men and women of God. We believe strongly that this word will bless your life, so do not keep it to yourself, share it with someone you know needs to hear it. On today's episode of the podcast, we are certain that you'd be blessed even as you receive the ministration of God's word with open hearts. Now family, let's get into the word of God. Hallelujah. I will be zeroing on repositioning the church to be a witness to the risen Christ. Repositioning the church to be a witness to the risen Christ. The point is that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is not just an important fact or event in history. Changing the course of history and the life of mankind. It is a living experience even today in our spirit by the spirit of God. The resurrection of Christ is the central theme of the gospel. I believe that when we talk about the gospel, we can talk about the birth of Christ, the life of Christ, the death of Christ, the resurrection of Christ, the ascension of Christ, the soon coming of Christ. But of all, the key, it is like when you go to the Old Testament, I believe that the major miracle that happened in the Old Testament is the crossing of the Red Sea. And what is critical in the gospel of Christ is not about the birth and life. Because of all those ones, God could do with any other person. The miracles he could do with any other person. But that death, <laughs> you cannot die that death. All of us eventually will die, but we cannot die that death. And our death will not result in the consequence of the death of Christ. So I'm saying that the key message of the gospel of Christ is that he died, was buried. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. Hallelujah. And that's what we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1 through 4. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. Let me now remind you, dear brothers and sisters, of the good news I preached to you before. You welcome it then. And you still stand firm in it. It is this good news that saves you if you continue to believe the message I told you. Unless, of course, you believe something that was never true in the first place. It was passed to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, just as the scriptures said. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scripture said. Amen. So I'm saying that the gospel that saves is the gospel about the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And that saves us. If you believe in that gospel and you hold on 
to that gospel. And when Jesus rose from the dead, the popular passage that I believe every Pentecostal is conversant with is Acts chapter 1, verse 8. It says that you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. And so the church is called to be a witness. You and I are called to be a witness. And the witness is about the fact and the truth that Jesus died. He was buried. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. And that he is a living savior. He is in the business of saving whosoever believes on his name. Hallelujah. So the gospel has a central theme being the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the scripture tells us in Acts chapter 4, Acts chapter 4 verse 33, that that was the message that the disciples were carrying around. It says the apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And God's great blessings was upon them all. So they testified that the whole business that the apostles and the disciples and the early church and today's church must be involved in is testifying to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And you know that that is the key thing that the enemy targets. The key point that the enemy is doing all he can to thwart it is about the death and the resurrection of Christ. And we are to be witnesses. The three dimensions of a witness, if you look at your dictionary, whichever one you look, the witness is one who has seen, touched, tasted, or possibly heard a thing. And so he's able to talk about it. You have seen the thing, you have touched it, you have tasted it, you have heard it. It's, it's like your senses have been engaged one way or the other with the event. And so you can testify to it. You can talk about it. Then you become a witness. But the second one that is so exciting for me is the one, one who is an exhibit or evidence or a proof of the thing. And that is what we are called to be. That you and I will be, if you are attending the evidence in court, you will be the exhibit A that will be presented. And you are going to be the living proof that Jesus is dead and risen from the dead and is alive. You ought to be a living proof. So the church goes about demonstrating and telling the world that Jesus is alive. And we are showing that Jesus is alive by our own lives. Our own lives becomes the exhibit. Look at me. I once was a sinner and now I am saved. Like the blind man once I was blind, but now I can see. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And he says that if the, that man was a sinner or not, I don't know. I don't have any, so much theological <laughs> argument to present. But the evidence I have, what has happened to me, what has happened to me, nobody can dispute. Because I know and I know and I know that it has happened. And those who know me can testify that this thing has happened. And it is this, I was blind, but now I can see. You can never be a Christian if you have never experienced the resurrection. That you have your own evidence, your own testimony that once I was a sinner and now I am saved. Once I was the son of my mother and father, now I am a child of God. Now, once I was 
sentenced to eternal damnation. But now I'm heaven bound. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. That is what we are called to be, a witness. A witness. So, we have not just heard and seen certain things that we are testifying to them. But we ourselves have had something happening to us. And it comes by that resurrection power. And by it we testify. Hallelujah. The third definition for a witness is one who has knowledge of a development. You know about what has happened. We know. Oh, hallelujah. So we know and we know. And somebody says, I need no other argument. I need no other plea. It is enough. It is enough that Jesus died and that he died for me. He is risen. Oh, hallelujah. For my redemption. All that we do, you look at the ordinance or sacrament depending on your theological foundation. The two key ordinances of the church, they are all about death and resurrection. When you are going to water baptism, it is not anything but that you are dying with Christ and resurrecting with him. You are identifying that that death that Jesus died, he died for you. Hallelujah. When we are coming to the Lord's table, it's about the death and the resurrection of Christ. So all those physical things that we do, we do them to affirm the fundamental truth, the key essence of the gospel that Jesus died. And that he rose again. And he ever lives. Hallelujah. And so when you look at us, if indeed you are a believer, then you cannot but to preach this gospel. You need to tell somebody about what had happened. That Jesus, the son of God, died for our sins. He was buried on the third day. He rose again from the dead. The whole problem that mankind has for which Jesus ought to come, was dying and death problem. We were all sinners. And then we were looking at death in the face. The only problem we had was death that is coming as a result of sin. And so if there ought to be any solution, we needed a solution for this sin problem and the consequence, death. And this is what Jesus did for us. Hallelujah. This is what Jesus has done for us. And it is this message that we ought to preach. And I'm here, beloved, sharing with us that we ought to reposition ourselves. We ought to situate ourselves in the truth of the resurrection and the power thereof and go forward and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I looked at scripture and then I applied some strategy, what we call elements of state power. To analyze the scriptures. And I found that indeed the Jews applied state power. They put together all their forces to ensure that this Jesus will be killed. And then they put in all their effort to ensure that he would not resurrect. And yet he resurrected. And then they put in all other machinations to ensure that that message will not come out. But the spirit of God is the power of God. And by it, the message has gone all over. And we also ought to go forward in the power of the Holy Spirit and preach this message. Hallelujah. So I will just look at the elements of state power that the Jews deployed in ensuring that first, that they successfully killed Jesus and buried him. And buried him in such a way that 
it was humanly impossible for him to resurrect. And then they put him, when the, the first plan backfired, they put him plan B to ensure that nobody will hear this gospel. But the gospel is here. Oh, hallelujah. So the first thing about state power is leadership. And as I mentioned them, I want to challenge all of us to counter the efforts of the enemy by we also massaging our forces so that we win this battle. Hallelujah. So the leadership that the Jewish employed, the Jewish elders and chief priests conspired to put Jesus to death and used their influence to achieve that. So the Jews, Jewish leaders, they put their hands together and said, this guy, we will kill him. But whatever he's preaching and talking about, he's being the son of God and whatever, we will kill him. And they conspired to kill him. So the first point is about leadership. And so if we also want to preach the gospel, use your leadership. Wherever you are, a leader in life, use it to project the gospel of Christ, to preach Christ. People are using their leadership to push secular humanism. People are using their leadership and unashamedly pushing LGBTQI+. Things that, you see, when you are saying it with your mouth, it's like some loose word. But if you think about it, it's obscene. It's just terrible. It's something that people should not even mention it in public. But people are using their leadership and say, when you are pushing that one, then you are, you are uh, ensuring liberty. Then you are giving men freedom. Then you are doing the right thing. Then you are, you are in the right. May God have mercy. But you ought to use your leadership to push the gospel of Jesus Christ. But they used their leadership to conspire to kill Jesus. And because they used their leadership, the second thing they did is to apply their alliances. Their alliances. In the case of this the death of Jesus Christ, when the leaders and the priests successfully got Jesus arrested from the garden and brought him, they didn't have the power to sentence him to death or to kill him. But they used their alliances by sending him first to Annas, the retired priest, high priest. Annas was on retirement, but he was the first point. So they went to Annas and told him, we have got this man, so we ought to finish him. And the others know that me, I'm on retirement too. See, when you're a minister and you get on retirement, your robe becomes benediction. Okay. <laughs> so, and that's going to say, me, you know, I'm on retirement. But the, the, the current high priest is my son in law. <laughs> so, son in law connection must work. So, he, he said, then send him to Anna, uh, Caiaphas. When you send him, send him where? That I said. I said, they should bring him to you. And then when they took him to Caiaphas, Caiaphas also referred him to Pontius Pilate because they were under the Romans and they could not uh, sentence a person to death without the authority of the Roman governor in Jerusalem. They sent him to him and they put pressure on him. They had links with him and put pressure on him and you know that ultimately Pilate had to give in. And so they used the alliance, the links, May you also network. But don't just network for money. <laughs> Some of us, we know business networks. We can do all kinds of networks for cities and dollars. Network for the kingdom of God. Network that the gospel might go. 
network that Jesus will be exalted. That's why communism and some those things oftentimes come in. So that when you are invited probably to full gospel businessmen fellowship, you are going there because we are forming that alliance so that the gospel will go. Form an alliance that saves souls. Form alliances that bring glory to God. Hallelujah. So they went, they, they did the alliance and sent him eventually to Pilate. And they were putting pressure on Pilate. Then they found that this man Pilate is wavering. They told him that, and threatened him that, you know, if you love the emperor, if you are loyal to the emperor, you get this man killed. Because he says that he's the king, he's like the king of Israel. So he's contending with the emperor. So get him killed. And then when they found that Pilate was still dangling between two thoughts, the third thing was mobilization of the masses. And can you imagine, they could get all the people in Jerusalem at the time to sing one song, to say one thing, to respond to one slogan. And they said, crucify him. They gave him, Pilate gave them Barnabas, this traitor, criminal, and Jesus. And they said, which one do you want? They all said, leave Barnabas for us. And they said, what should I do with this man, Jesus? They all responded, crucify him. In fact, good leadership was shown here. Because if you are a good leader, it is shown in your capacity to mobilize. Your ability to mobilize people shows the extent of your power. And that's why when you say, I can throw away. And the people respond, yeah, then you know, yeah, the move is on. And for soldiers, we like slogans. Sometimes when the CO is coming in, the RSM will come in first and charge them and say the slogan of the unit. And then the CO will be weighing the tempo of the response. And then they shout, possessing the nurses. This one, the CO will not enter. <laughs> he knows that the people are not ready. So get ready, get ready, somebody. Possessing the nurses. The moral level is something. You know that moral is one of the key factors of war. If you want to go to warfare, one of the key things that you have to consider is the moral of your troops. If the moral is high, they know this mission is suicide mission, but they will go because they know they, they have charged. Yeah? And they will go. But if the moral is low, oh, they are holding the weapons, but they are shaking. So let the morale of the church be high. Possessing the nations. Hallelujah. Sons of God. Victory. If you don't go to heaven. So we don't say the slogan for nothing. Oh. When you say some, somebody can even be saying that then you break into tongues. Then you know that the tempo is risen. Uh, the temperature is high. Then you know you are in good business. But these leaders were able to mobilize their forces. They mobilized the population. And they all gathered. The commoners and the nobility, they were all there. And they were saying one thing. They all said, crucify him. Crucify him. Let us also resonate and shout, Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Jesus, 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 
Let the whole world hear that there's no name given amongst men by which any can be saved, said the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. So for us in church leadership, the key thing for us is to be able to mobilize the church membership for them to proclaim the gospel. And it is the evidence that we are offering good leadership in the church of God. Because the role of the church is just simply preach the gospel, make disciples. If you do any other thing apart from preaching the gospel and making disciples, you are just going for recreation. May God have mercy upon us. But to do that, leadership is shown by mobilizing the members. So at all levels, leaders at all levels, cell leaders, uh, Bible study leaders, all of us, family head, use your role as the father in the home, as the mother, to mobilize your children to know Christ. I pray that your children will not leave your home and go into life without knowing Jesus. That they will go there sometimes and say, oh, oh, thank God. Uh, I left home without knowing God. Although my parents were religious, they were Christians, tongue blowing. And yet when I went and then I met a friend and my friend introduced me to Christ, the friend has done well, but it's an indictment on the parents. You are sleeping parents. Are you understanding me? Mobilize them. All of us occupy leadership in a certain sphere. The levels vary, but you have a certain leadership that you offer. Use that to project the gospel of Christ and to bring many to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. The Jewish leaders employed their power to mobilize their leadership and ensuring that this man got killed, albeit unjustly, but they had him killed. And after they had killed him, then the next thing was to apply their coercive force, military power, because they realized that when Jesus was alive, he had already told them that when he's killed, he will resurrect. He had assured them. And he has said it to the disciples and he has said it openly. So they know that this man will resurrect. And so they told themselves that hey, this man without resurrection, if he was that powerful, if he resurrects, <laughs> that one will be an explosion. The resurrection of Jesus Christ will be an explosion. Jesus says that, and if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. And he was talking about his death. That when I'm killed, when I die, it will bring salvation to all. Hallelujah. So God loved so, the world so much that he gave us his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But that one is only possible because the son will die for us. He will die. If he is lifted up from the earth, he will draw all men unto him. So knowing that he said that he will resurrect, you read Matthew 27, 62 to 66, and then Luke Gospel, that one from chapters 23 and 24. The elders met and said that this man says he will resurrect. To ensure that he does not resurrect, let us put a stone, about one ton stone, at the entrance of the tomb. So it is like when you resurrect, when you wake up from the dead and you get to the gate, <laughs> you, you try uh, with your bruised hands and feet and side. Can you push one ton? You'll be there, you give up and say, death, come for second run. <laughs> so they put that ton of stone on the entrance and then they put the Roman seal 
on it. So that if you have the fear of God in it and you see the seal, you dare not. Because the Roman emperor was a superpower. And if you don't know what the superpower can do to you, when you meet Saddam Hussein, anyway, ask him. So, knowing that they are a superpower, they don't put some Jewish seal, some uh, temple seal. They put the Roman seal on the stone. So, when you look at it, you advise yourself. And then they say, ah, if somebody goes to break it in the night, if you don't see the person, how do you deal with him? So, let's deploy soldiers as well. So, they deployed elite Roman soldiers on the tomb. And if you know military drill, if you deploy soldiers there, every time somebody will be watching. Some people will be sleeping, but some will be watching. They will share it. They will rotate. So, if you have 16 of them, they break themselves into four. And then time pass. This four will be there. After that, another four. So, at any given time, some people are watching. And if people are watching, how dare you you cannot fight the Romans? So they employed their military force. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That the church also has a coercive force. I'm saying the church has power. You and I, we have power. And that power is not just military. The scripture says it's not by power, it's not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And that is what we call the resurrection power. The Holy Ghost power. May you be filled with the Holy Ghost power. May you be charged in the inner man. May the hand of the Lord be upon you mightily. May you know and know and know that the spirit that the Peters and the Paul used, you have not received a second hand. You have received original. Tell somebody you have original Holy Ghost. Tell somebody, original Holy Ghost. The same Holy Ghost that came at Pentecost. is the spirit that you have. So there's power in your inner man. And that power works excellently. Oh, hallelujah. So they placed Jesus in the tomb. Dead. They placed a stone, a seal. They placed soldiers there. And they were convinced that this man, there's no top point talking about resurrection. He cannot resurrect. And then he was there. For the first day, he was there. He said, oh, it's working. And you know, so they were sending CITREP, situational report. They will send morning, evening, morning, evening. So they sent the first one that evening. Oh, he's there. We are, we, are, we are in charge. And then Saturday morning, they sent another one. He's there. Saturday evening, we send another one. We are there. Sunday morning. I say Sunday morning. That Sunday morning. That Sunday, when the third day came, which was a Sunday. The priest and that they were there waiting for sitrap. But ah, they didn't get paper sitrap. They got human beings sitraps. The soldiers themselves appeared. They said, ah, why are you guys coming? They said, something has happened. Ah, what thing has happened? The Maria were garden. The stone and everything was in place. And we were on watch. Then we saw suddenly... Say suddenly. Oh, say suddenly. We saw light coming from heaven. And it just hit the stone. And we, when the, the, the light hit us, we fell like dead. So we were the first point of scattering. The light just shattered us. We fell like dead. And then we saw that the ninjas came and rolled away the stone. And this man took his time. 
removed the funeral cloth and folded it and put it there and got up and stepped out majestically. So the long and short is that this man is not dead anymore. The man is risen. The man is alive. The man is alive. Jesus is risen. Jesus is risen. Oh, hallelujah. If the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he will quicken your mortal body. Your physical body will receive some energy. You receive renewal of strength. And then you will do exploit. They that know they are God, they shall be strong. And they shall do exploits. Oh, hallelujah. May you be filled with the Holy Ghost. May you be filled with the resurrection power. May you be filled with the resurrection grace. May you do excellently in the name of Jesus. So the soldiers came. They rather came to testify. The people didn't arrive. But the human beings came and said, Jesus is risen. Beloved, Jesus is risen. Jesus is alive. We have a living Savior. He is all-powerful. His power is beyond heavyweight stone. His power is beyond governmental power and seals. His power is beyond military might. His power is trans transcends all. Oh, hallelujah. He is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. And most significantly, he is the savior of the world. He is the only savior of the world. Hallelujah. And then they came to the next one. Now our plans has failed. This man that we said we are killing and keeping him there. He is risen. So now, the evidence, the witnesses, point one, are these soldiers. If they go out and tell people that he is risen, we will betize us. So then they apply the next uh, state power, and which is economic power. Say economic power. So they called the soldiers and said, have you received your ration? So <laughs> we left Adon, he hasn't arrived. Okay, uh, take, everybody, take, 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 take. And then go away. And then the soldier said, soldier, it's not money like that. If you give us only money, we have not finished. Because our commanders will ask us, and if you tell them we fell down, <laughs> we slept. As you are saying, we should go and say that we slept. And his uh, disciples came and stole him. We how can you say you slept on duty? Ah, sleeping on duty, and you say it's a good excuse. Eh, you slept on duty as your excuse. You better kill yourself. Because it's treasonable offense. You have gone to duty, and you say you slept. And the object <laughs> has, has, has escaped. And you cannot get here. You say his friends came to steal him. So you soldier, you are there and some fishermen came and picked him. It won't wash. Then they say, you don't worry. Then take your money and go and serve yourself out. We will deal with the matter. We will invoke our powers and deal with the matter. And I'm saying that we also ought to deploy our economic power to push the gospel. I'm saying use your economic power to push the gospel. Use the means by which God has blessed you to push the gospel. You know, people spend money, good money, even to push LGBTQI+. Plus. And then they, they say plus because they are expecting more. And they are ready to fund it. But when you come and you are giving offering, you put your hands in your pocket and your fingers suddenly have eyes. They can, they can enter the pocket and they can separate 
the 200 from the 100 and from the 50. And if, you, if God doesn't touch you, you go, ah. And you know that these days we have two kinds of red. <laughs> you pipe the first red and zero in on the last red. And then there you are coming. So sometimes I've observed that when people are giving offering, the ones who squeeze the note, imagine it. <laughs> so don't be squeezing the note. <laughs> he knows that what he's bringing. He doesn't want anybody to see. If you see, he says, ah, this man, <laughs> you, you, ah, you're from <laughs> you are coming like that. So he was squeezing it, squeezing it. Ah, it go. So they like the offering, but when it's long like that, <laughs> put it in nobody's. May God have mercy upon us. But they use the economic power. Let us use economic power to push the gospel of Christ. Push the gospel of Christ. Hallelujah. Let's proclaim the word. So the disciples did that one. They did it. They also came in. And they testified to the risen Christ. They did it by their words. They preached it. Can you tell somebody for me, preach it? Oh, tell somebody, preach it. Ah, for the gospel, try and say it. You have been trying, oh, let's go to church. Oh, let's go for meeting. You have been using meeting, meeting. You have tried. It's better than nothing. But tell somebody, Jesus saves. Tell somebody, Jesus is the savior. Tell somebody, God loves you. Try and say it. Hallelujah. Let's say it. Let's preach it. Let's preach it. Let's preach it. Let's preach it. Preach the word. Hallelujah. Preach the word. Say the words that Jesus saves. Can we rehearse it? Jesus saves. Can we have it? God loves you. Tell somebody, Jesus is knocking at the door of your heart. Open up to him. And then if you yourself know that you were blind and you see, tell the person about how you were blind and now you can see. Preach the word. I'm saying preach the word. Hallelujah. Let the preaching the word be as easy for you like buying uh, what? Pizza. Standing and say, I want uh, cheese and uh, the pepperoni pizza. The way you are able to confidently give them, atomize it for them to set it for you. Just say, Jesus saves. Just say, Jesus saves. Hallelujah. And the second is that they did by their lifestyle. The way they lived. And that is where you yourself should be their testimony. I heard that the Osofu uh, who appeared in as in Uganda and had the people killing themselves, the church members. Kenya, they took him to court and the charge was that he is a fake Jesus. Then you got the defense lawyer asking, pro, pro, produce the genuine Jesus. Then you know that my client is a fake. And then the judge could not produce the, the, the original Jesus. But you and I ought to produce the original Jesus. We are the epistle that is written for the world to read. So when they present you, they will see that Jesus in the inside is working on the outside. Something has happened to you. Once I was blind, but now I can see. Once I was bound by all kinds of wickedness and sin, but now I'm set free. Oh, hallelujah. I have been washed. I have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. 
Let your life be the testimony. Let the workplace, let somebody see you and be challenged. And ask, why, why are you doing, why, why is your life like this? And you tell him, because of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. You see, if you tell somebody without a person, I'm a Christian, you probably are not. But if you're a Christian, the person will say, <laughs> are you a Christian? Because you see something that is not common about your life. May our lives challenge others. May the spirit of God that has come upon us bring us that translation. Change our lives. They received the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost and their lives were changed. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. And somewhere to Saul, the spirit of God will come upon you and you will prophesy with them and you will be changed into another man. Christianity is about being changed into the likeness of the Son of God. Hallelujah. And the last point is that they preached using that cohesive force, the power of the Holy Spirit. They preached and God confirmed the word with signs and wonders following. May the Lord confirm his word with signs and wonders following. May the Lord grant you to experience answer to prayer. May the Lord visit your life with the supernatural. That you testify about the supernatural. And that it happens in those who hear you. May the Lord grant that when you preach the word. Like the disciples. Says the Lord did spectacular wonders. Miracles. And signs through them. He confirmed it. Great grace was upon them. Let there be great grace upon the church. May the Lord reposition us. That we will zoom in and zero in. On the key theme of the gospel, the resurrection of Jesus our Lord. And may we preach it in word. May we preach it with our transformed life and may we preach it in the power of the Holy Spirit with signs and wonders following. In Jesus' name. Amen. Are you looking to find a place of worship where there is relevant teaching, heartfelt worship, passion and action toward the unsaved, constant prayer, compassionate care for the needy, and earnest Christ-centered relationships? Then join us fellowship at the PIWC Dome at the Accra Technical Training Center, ATTC Kokomlimli Accra. Join our Miracle Dawn service every Wednesday, 5.30 a.m. to 7 a.m. and our Friday prayer meeting, dubbed Cry Out, from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. For more information, contact us on 0502-444-814. You can also visit our website at piwcacra.org to know more. And let's get interactive on all social media platforms at PIWC Accra. Thank you. Until next time, we pray that you would reach out by faith and receive everything that's yours through God's grace. You are blessed.